Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Monday, May 16th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, hello, everyone. It's Janine Rubenstein. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Did anyone see that lunar eclipse last night? The moon turned completely red. It was so cool, you guys. We've got a lot of stories to cover today, so let's just get right to it. Starting off, we have a breaking update to last fall's tragic accidental shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's Western, Rust. Baldwin and co-producer Anjul Negum are basically rebranding in the wake of controversy. They are bringing a new film to the Cannes Film Festival market and are launching a new production company, Persona Entertainment. The move comes just seven months after a prop gun misfired on the New Mexico set of Rust, costing cinematographer Helena Hutchins her life. The shooting is currently under an ongoing investigation by the Santa Fe County Police Department. Negum told The Hollywood Reporter that he and Baldwin have financed a new film titled False Awakening through an equity partner and believe distributors will be open to it despite the circumstances. Like Rust, Baldwin is set to star in False Awakening. When pressed about the controversy, Negum had this to say, Rust is obviously a horrific tragedy. The investigation will hopefully be resolved soon and will unveil what happened. Obviously, there will be people out there who will have negative perspectives, but we're confident about continuing to make quality movies. Negum concluded by saying that he and Baldwin plan on finishing the filming of Rust once the investigation in Santa Fe County is resolved, saying, we're confident we'll be able to complete the movie. Baldwin and Negum are currently facing a lawsuit from Hutchins' family regarding the safety standards on set. In lighter news, Jason Momoa has a new love interest. Multiple sources tell People the Aquaman star has begun dating actor Itza Gonzalez after splitting with his wife, Lisa Bonet, earlier this year. They are dating. He cares about her. He is in a great place working on Fast X, an insider says. A source close to both Momoa and Gonzalez added, they're both busy with work but are having fun together. It's nothing serious yet. Momoa was previously photographed attending the premiere of 32-year-old Gonzalez's movie, Ambulance, last month, although they did not walk the red carpet together. Momoa and his ex, Bonet, announced in a joint statement that they were parting ways in marriage this past January after spending 20 years together. They got married in November of 2007 and shared two children. While the end of a relationship is always sad, sometimes it's for the best, you know? And it's good to see Momoa moving on to new and exciting things. Today, we saw a bizarre turn in the trial between formerly married actors Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Heard today denied she left feces in a bed shared with Depp near the end of their relationship, calling the scenario, quote, disgusting. Starling Jenkins III, a longtime executive chauffeur and security guard for Depp, who is still under his employ, previously said under oath in the trial that Heard told him the defecation was a horrible practical joke gone wrong. Heard testified that one of their dogs had bowel issues and denied pranking Depp at all. Take a listen. I, I, I was not also in a pranking mood. I had my life was 
falling apart. I was um, at a crossroads in my life that was really serious and I had just been attacked on my 30th birthday by my violent husband with whom I was desperately in love. Heard's team played a phone recording in court today as well. In the recording, Depp is being videoed at first without knowing and can be seen drinking wine and being agitated. When Heard questioned him about his drinking, he turns angry. Oh, you're crazy. Are you crazy? Have you drunk this whole thing this morning? Oh, you got this going. You got this going. Oh, really? Wow, the video is very scary. And Heard also testified on the stand that the op-ed she wrote for the Washington Post, the one Depp is claiming ruined his career, wasn't about Johnny. She claimed it was just about her and what she was feeling after her marriage ended. Very interesting claim on her part. I think we can all agree that this trial is just getting uglier and uglier. Let's hope it gets resolved soon. And now, the punk rock wedding of the century is just around the corner, but the couple at the center have tied the knot early. That's right. Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker signed the papers yesterday before their official ceremony coming up in Italy. We break down all details of the pre-celebration and the couple's fairy tale love story next. Wedding bells are ringing because over the weekend, Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker got married for real this time. After their practice wedding in Las Vegas after the Grammys last month, the couple said I do in Santa Barbara yesterday. And as we all know, they couldn't be more in love. So joining me now to discuss everything we know about this wedding is People's Senior Editor Melody Chu. Hey, Mel. Hey, Janine. Well, it's no shock. This wedding came sooner rather than later. Courtney and Travis are loved up, to say the least. So tell me what we know about the wedding. So this was definitely a precursor to a fabulous ceremony wedding affair they're going to have in Italy. Our sources say that's coming up very, very quickly. That's the big day that they've been working towards. And this was just to get legally wed. But still, it was such a a romantic moment. They're just so in love and, and they're ready to get this next chapter started. It was at the courthouse in Santa Barbara. And I'm sure you've been up there, you're a California girl, but it's gorgeous up there. That courthouse has so much history. It's a stunning backdrop. And it was sort of that perfect moment heading into what I'm sure is going to be an extravaganza in Italy. This was low-key, and and to them, it wasn't a wedding. It was very much, you know, we had to get our paperwork done. We have to, before we all fly out to Italy, but still they had, you know, their getaway car and Courtney's grandmother, MJ, was there. And I believe Travis's dad was there as their witnesses. And it's just really sweet that they have this before all the craziness starts. For sure. So Italian wedding, the moment we've all been waiting for. This is like three ceremonies that we are getting out of this couple. What do we know about how big and crazy and beautiful this is going to be? Tell me anything about these upcoming nuptials. Yeah, so on the scale of like zero to Kim Kardashian Italian wedding, I don't think it's quite the level of her sister because they're a very different sort of couple than Kim and Kanye were. But it's still going to be a dream wedding. Like, Courtney, this is her big day. I mean, she has been waiting for this moment to really be in love, be ready to settle down. She's met the right guy, the love of her life. And now she's finally getting married. So it's she's definitely going all out. We hear that Travis is really letting 
Courtney decide what kind of day and, and moment she wants. He just wants her to be happy. And of course, all their kids will be there. They're both really close with each other's kids and they're one big family already, which is really, really nice. Wow. And I love what Kris Jenner told us about how she's sworn to secrecy, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure Chris has had a big hand in in the nuptials. <laughs> I love it. I, you're so right, too, with everything that Courtney's been through with Scott Disick and just the yeah. ups and downs. And it's been so long and he was never ready. And now she has a guy who is just kind of sweeping her off her feet. Do you think it's going to be a goth wedding? Oh, I definitely think they'll have their moments. Yeah, I can't wait to see what Courtney wears. She's so not a traditional type of girl. So I wonder what kind of dress she'll have. Will it even be white? We'll see. Yes. And then before I let you go, just a quick walk down memory lane for these two. Let's look at their relationship timeline. I mean, Kravis is moving very fast, I would say, but they are really in love, like you said. So so take us back to the beginning a little bit. Yeah. They've been friends for a very long time. They were neighbors, actually, and their kids grew up together. They've always been best friends. And I think our sources said they had, you know, maybe dabbled in romance in the past, but it was never the right time. They then dated other people. And finally, it was the right moment. And they were both ready to fully, fully commit. And that's why it's moved so quickly when you've been best friends for, what, 10 years? And you just know that it's it's the right time. You're ready to make it official. Yep, Instagram official last year. And then look, we got a Vegas wedding, a Santa Barbara wedding, and we're going to Italy, guys. <laughs> I love it. And maybe babies, right? They've hinted at that. They've been open that, you know, it's been hard. They're, they're hoping to expand the family. I think they're going through the IVF process right now. Wow. Wow, all the things. Well, such exciting news. And of course, when that Italian wedding happens, you know we will be talking all about it. Congrats to the happy couple. And Mel, thank you so much for coming by to break it all down. Thank you. Bobby Brown has a new documentary about his life coming out Memorial Day weekend. I sat down with the hit singer to talk about the upcoming special, his storied relationship with Whitney Houston, struggles with addiction, and the painful losses he's faced. But first, the annual Billboard Music Awards were last night, and they had more than a few surprises. We break down all the highs and lows of the show's most surprising and controversial ceremony in years after the break. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. We are back. The Billboard Music Awards were last night, and some of the country's most famous musicians gathered under one roof to celebrate the year's chart-topping songs. First things first, we have to talk about Megan Thee Stallion's incredible performance following her well-deserved win for Top Female Rap Artist. Let's take a quick listen. I see you still kick it with them pop. 
I'm the only reason that your goofy self got women All them girls wanna look like me She most likely only mess with you just to spite Other winners of the night include Toronto rapper Drake Taking home five awards, including top artist And teen icon Olivia Rodrigo winning top new artist But maybe the most significant award of the night went to Mary J. Blige, who received the Icon Award. 2018's winner, Janet Jackson, gave a rare surprise appearance to present the award to Blige. The message of my music has always been that we are not alone in our struggles. And I'm not alone now. For so long, I was searching for a real love, but I finally found my real love. And that real love is me. Another big surprise of the night, Machine Gun Kelly may have dropped that he and Megan Fox are now officially married and expecting a child. MGK made the surprise announcement before performing his song, Twin Flame. I wrote this song for my wife. And this is for our unborn child. Two controversial artists made their return to the national stage after taking a break from the limelight. The first was country star Morgan Wallen, who, in addition to performing, won the award for Best Male Country Artist. Wallen was banned from last year's ceremony after a leaked video portrayed him using a racial slur. Another controversial return was Travis Scott, who performed his song, Mafia. Scott returned to the stage recently, but last night was his first televised performance since the Astroworld tragedy last fall. Regardless of what you think about the performances or the awards, it was certainly an exciting night. Bobby Brown broke onto the music scene with the hit single Cool It Now in 1984 while he was with the R&B group New Edition. He later broke out with solo hits My Prerogative and the Grammy-winning Every Little Step. But the musician's life has been filled with tremendous highs and unimaginable lows. His latest project, a documentary about his life simply called Biography Bobby Brown, delves into all of it, including his nearly lifelong battle with addiction, his tumultuous marriage to Whitney Houston, and the loss of two of his children to drug abuse. The four-hour film is set to premiere on A&E over the course of two nights, beginning May 30th. And I had the pleasure of sitting down with Brown, along with his wife, manager and executive producer, Alicia Etheridge-Brown, for this week's issue of the magazine. The following is a condensed version of our hour-long interview. Just a note that there will be a discussion of sexual abuse. Thank you both for being here. Hello. Well, first things first, this documentary covers some pretty dark moments in your life. Uh, What about doing this? This documentary spoke to you. I mean, why now? Why do this form of putting your life out there? Well, doing the documentary right now is um, very therapeutic for me. I'm in therapy right now. I think um, therapy is good for the soul and for just me in general. So it was, it was really therapeutic to go back and get out all the cobwebs and clear my conscience and um, move on with life. We were definitely interested in doing something that was authentic in Bobby's words and you're hearing his story from himself. I mean, we obviously did a book, which was beautiful. And timing is everything. So um, mm-hmm. I think the timing was perfect. There was a moment early on where you talk about being abused by a priest, which no one knew. Um, When you say it in the documentary, it's almost like it's a surprise to you that that memory came up again. Is that something that you buried? Yeah, it was was definitely a surprise to me that it 
actually came out. I had tucked it down so deep in, into my soul that I didn't think that I would talk about it again. But talking about it really helped me get through a lot of other things that had been bothering me. I think um, it was parts of the reason I did other things, drugs, alcohol, why I abused myself. But being able to talk about it and get it out helps a lot. So the documentary talks about how addiction shaped your life in dozens of different ways. You said when you went to prison back in 2000 that that was it. And you quit hard drugs, cold turkey. So what was that like? It was rough. It was really rough. Because I was so addicted, I had to be put into to medical detox, you know, first. And then, then the Bible got me through. Mm-hmm. Holding, holding ceremonies, not ceremonies, but, you know, little get-togethers with other in- inmates and reading through the Bible and just worshiping and, 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 and praying and praying and praying. Prayer got me through a lot of everything. I mean, I've got to say, watching parts of this documentary is just very hard, particularly your ups and downs with Whitney, the tragic loss of her, and followed by losing the daughter you shared, Bobby Christina, in an eerily similar fashion. Both were found unresponsive in a tub with a mix of drugs in their systems. Uh, When it came to Whitney's death, did that surprise you? No. I thought she she was getting herself together. I thought she was, you know really doing a good job at trying to get sober. I didn't think she would she would turn back. What was your first thought when she died? Was it was it of Whitney or of Bobby Christina? Bobby Christina. Because I knew she would be just gone. My mother was her best friend and I knew that she needed me, you know, more than ever. You say it took three years to reconnect with your daughter after Whitney died, but but when you were finally able to, to see her, speak with her again, what was that like? That was beautiful. Just any time I could even be on the phone with her, you know, FaceTime with her, mm-hmm. was something special. Because her growing up and me being in the household, we were always tight. We stayed in touch as much as possible. She was She was scheduled to come stay with us for a little while right before the accident. That loss was so hard on you, of course. And then watching this as a viewer, you think, okay, this has to be it. But then... Something else happened. Yeah, yes. Bobby Jr.'s death at age 27 from a fentanyl overdose. So was that a complete shock to you? I know you had worries about Bobby Christina, but with your son, was that the case? With Bobby Jr., that came to me in such a horrible, horrible way because I had been... The night before, I had been just thinking and calling him and calling him and calling him and calling him and and couldn't get in touch with him. I knew he was where he was at the apartment. I knew that he, you know, usually would be playing loud music and (laughs) doing his music thing and have a bunch of people there. Did not know that he was, you know, Experimenting. experimenting in drugs. I knew my son smoked weed. But other drugs I didn't know that he was indulging in. To find out that that's what eventually took his life life was just a shock to me. You just have to speak the lesson and expose it and let everybody know that it's real and it takes once and it takes you away and that's it. And we don't want anyone to have to go through that. No, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. 
In the doc, you say that Bobby Christina and Bobby Jr. come to you now in your dreams. If you wouldn't mind, what does that look like? I always see them at beaches or in fields, and I'm always trying to get to them. And they're laughing and they're running away and they're running, and they're, but they're laughing. So to me, that just lets me know that they're happy, they're together, and they're always together when I dream about them. That's enough for a father to feel like, you know, God has them, my mother has them, my father has them. That makes me get through the day a, a little bit easier. Wow. Well, you are 53 years old now. You still have your two adult children, Landon and LaPrincia, along with your three little ones with Alicia, Cassius, Bodie, and, and Hendrix, right? And, and you're back out on the road with New Edition. With so much going on, what does your sobriety journey look like these days? It's a day-to-day thing. I work hard at, at staying sober every day of my life. And it's going to be that way for the rest of my life. And I know that I have a great support system, a great support team, my wife, my kids, my family, you know, my my publicist, you know. <laughs> I have so many people that are rooting for me and, and looking forward to me being the best Bobby I can be that I feel there's no way for me to let them down. Mm, well, thank you both so much for sharing this with us today. Everyone, for much more on this story, pick up this week's issue of People Out Friday and be sure to tune into Biography Bobby Brown on Annie May 30th. This last story is one of those amazing moments that can only happen in live theater. Top Gun and ER actor Anthony Edwards made his surprise Broadway musical debut this weekend on less than a day's notice. Well, I think it was about, uh, I don't know, 1.30, 2 o'clock. I was up in Connecticut taking the storm windows off of our house, and uh, Mayor called me and said, uh, hey, guess what? They've, we've lost another, and they're going to have to cancel the show because... Bob Joy's out, and, uh, but uh, Connor, they're thinking, what, would you like to come and read the book? And I was like, <laughs> this is insane. With only one hour of rehearsal time under his belt, the Emmy Award winner stepped in Friday to understudy the role of Dr. Walker in the recently Tony-nominated Girl from the North Country, in which his wife, Mayor Winningham, portrays Elizabeth Lane. At the top of the show, lead producer Tristan Baker took to the stage to thank the musical's swings and understudies before asking if there's a doctor in the house, which is, of course, a reference to Edwards' tenure as Dr. Mark Green on ER. I know audiences are so loving and forgiving. I've seen someone go on with a book before, and I just thought, I love this show. I love everything about it. And if this means like 800 people, 1,000 people are going to be able to see it tonight as opposed to cancel it, I'm in. Like, let's go. Although he relied on his script for a few scenes, Edwards was impressively off-book for much of the show and continued to perform the role throughout the weekend. Edwards' surprise performance comes after the show received seven Tony nominations earlier this week, including Best Musical and Best Actress in a Musical for his wife. A husband and wife sharing the Broadway stage is definitely something to make you smile. And if traveling two hours in New York traffic to help your partner perform a musical on stage isn't true love, I don't know what is. <laughs> well, that's all we have for you today. We'll be back tomorrow for your Tuesday episode of People Every Day.